Welcome to the Muscle Nerd Podcast, presented by Lifters League, bringing real science to the strength community. Introducing your host, Gus Cook, head powerlifting coach of Lifters League, strength athlete, physicist, educator, and entrepreneur. So welcome to the Muscle Nerd Podcast. This is Gus Cook, head powerlifting coach of Lifters League, and we have our co-host here. Um, Leonie Smith, how are you going? And Graydon, how are you guys? Um, and today we're going to talk about part two, or well, part two of our sleep podcast. Um, so in the last episode, it was a, just a bunch of, I guess basically just a bunch of facts and why it's so important to sleep and the effects it may have on our health. Um, but I think we'll brief, we'll brief over every, we'll brief over quickly what we did in the last episode. But there's a couple of, uh, couple of, couple of studies I guess I, want, I wanted to cite, and um, uh, one is a creatine one. Now I, I found this quite funny because before, before I read this study, I actually. Uh, thought that creatine might have reduced sleep need um, so I was flying back from Newcastle and I was just we're talking I was talking a little bit about uh, biochemistry of a ketogenic diet and then it came into my mind that maybe creatine could reduce sleep need given that um, it may need to use the uh, adenosine to synthesize ATP, um, maybe could reduce sleep need, and uh, it was just a theory. I don't know if it would be true, and most likely uh, things wouldn't wouldn't be true. But I just thought it might have been interesting. And then the next day, there was a study that came. It was a rat study. Um, I'm not too good at reading, so I gave it to Leonie to read the summary for me. Still got some pretty big words in here. <laughs> um, so the summary: the whole paper is called "Creatine Supplementation Reduces Sleep Need." And homeostatic sleep pressure of rats <clears throat> and this is basically the summary of that study um, it says sleep has been postulated to promote brain energy restoration it is as yet no unknown if increasing the energy availability within the brain reduces sleep need the duanide amino acid creatine is a well-known energy booster in cellular energy homeostasis Oral creatine monohydrate supplementation increases exercise performance and has been shown to have substantial effects on cognitive performance, neuroprotection and circadian rhythms. The effect of, um, sorry, the effect of creatine supplementation on cellular, cellular high energy molecules and sleep-wake behaviour is unclear. Here we examined the sleep-wake behaviour and brain energy metabolism before and after four-week long oral administration of creatine supplementation in the rat. Creatine supplementation decreased total sleep time and non-rapid eye movement and REM sleep significantly during the light, so inactive but not during the dark, active period. Non-rapid eye movement sleep and non-rapid eye movement delta activity were decreased significantly in creatine supplement supplemented rats after six hours of sleep deprivation. Biochemical analysis of brain energy metabolites showed a tendency to increase in phosphocreatine hang on did I say that right phosphocreatine after creatine supplementation while cellular adenosine triphosphate level decreased microanalysis analysis showed that the sleep deprivation induced increased in extra extracellular adenosine was accentuated after creatine supplementation these results suggest that creatine supplementation reduces sleep need and homeostatic sleep pressure in rats, thereby indicating its potential in the treatment of sleep-related disorders. That Beautiful was like reading. a, a tongue-tied... Yeah, I'm sure that's going to help really improve... I'm sure it will help him. Well, yeah, it's, it's still just a rat, it's a rat study and it's yep. interesting. I'm not sure like if you reducing the amount of non-REM sleep and REM sleep will increase um, well, maybe I know it could be making giving you more quality sleep, giving the less need for them, um, for sleep, or reducing the amount of um, sleep need, like which is the fatigue build up, which is what it's talking about there. Mm -hmm. So, again, I guess that's probably where some of the focus and mental acuity and cognition, cognition comes from with creatine supplementation. 
So I wonder how much all, it all, yes, it all plays a role. I wonder how much creatine that the rats are probably saying here. I wonder how much they were actually given to know the effect of such a thing. Be in the results, maybe in the, the method in the results mm. section. Um, and then there was a a we found the actual study for the basketball players increasing performance and there were, I, I came across quite a few but I thought I'd bring this one up um, explaining some of the performance benefits where's the study from first and what's the um, it's from the study. Irish Strength Institute so the effects the effects of sleep extension on performance on performance I think of um, collegiate basketball players by uh, Stanford Sleep Disorder Clinic and Research Laboratory Department. Okay. So, what was the uh, the figures results? So basically, they're comparing more than eight hours sleep versus less than eight hours sleep uh, in the NBA. All the players that got more than eight hours, they had a twelve percent increase in minutes played had a 30% or 29% increase in points per minute, which is pretty huge. Um, they had a 2% increase in three-point percentages, how many three points they hit. Uh, they had a 9% increase in free throws. Um, they also had a 37% decrease in turnovers, so they didn't lose the ball as much. And they fouled 45% less, so a bit of sleep kept them calm, I guess. It was <laughs> me stupid mistakes. Um, those are the stats there. Was it, I think it was, was it sleep extension like they're pushing, were they pushing like nine hours, ten hours? And that's what they were doing. Sure, yeah. Yeah, versus less, so more, more than, than eight, eight hours. Less. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's also showing the need for athlete, athlete, athletes needing the nine to ten hour mark. Um, well, and I've seen, I see that quite, a, I, see, I do see that quite a bit. I mean, a lot of my athletes who have the luxury to sleep more do sleep nine hours if I had the luxury to sleep nine hours I would um, um, I'm still pretty I still don't yeah, I still feel like eight hours is not enough for me I think a good one of that study yeah, too was showing hours. the baseline of under and over eight so under eight and you start to see the diminish of returns on the way that the body and the mind um, function Okay, so I'm going to break this podcast up. So we'll review last week, which some of which will go over some of the symptoms, symptoms of uh, um, of lack or having a lack of sleep, and then we're going to go into um, sleep hygiene, sleep apnea, and uh, sleep performance, and how to increase your sleep performance. Um, so, if you don't sleep properly, you won't you won't build muscle, and it's the key is one of the keys to building strength. Um, the lack of sleep will. A, so number one, slow the metabolism down, uh, increase blood pressure, increase risk of heart disease, increase resting heart rate, decrease reaction time and accuracy, risk of obesity, risk of depression and anxiety, cognitive impairment, uh, impaired mortal judgment, impaired immune system, risk of type 2 diabetes, uh, increased risk of car crashes, um, up to anyone that's having less than four hours of sleep is up to... 11 times more likely to be in a car accident. It is more dangerous to to be sleep deprived and sleep than it is to drink than it is to drink drive. And statistically more accidents occur from um, from these micro sleeps. So a micro sleep is a is a, when someone is sleepy. Uh, it is a sign of sleep deprivation um, uh, that you get. You may get these small moments of sleep while you drive in there long enough to cause a, uh, a severe accident. Um, symptoms of sleep deprivation, uh, severe yawning, um, symptoms similar to ADH, ADHD, hallucinations, irritability and memory loss. So when we get clients in we see any of these symptoms um, we'll see or we feels that they have some of these symptoms or um, um, of sleep deprivation one of the uh, oh, and also I think you would you would see is that you you get a build up of um, 
a buildup of fatigue and training. So not just some of these uh, sleep deprivation symptoms, but then the kind of effects you're going to get in training where one of the first things when, the, when we are lacking recovery or building too much fatigue is that um, a level of ability to um, hold, te- hold technique and uh, um, because of the, the ability, to, ability of a person to learn, um, cognitive ability to learn, um, motor pattern learning or recognition and school, ac- school acquisition are massively decreased and so and actually a clear example was that when uh, I found it funny when, when Mark came in the other day had a really uh, had a shitty session I looked at it, it was like it just looks like your old technique and it's like yeah he had he had been travelling for the last three days sleep deprived and this is one of the first things to break down in the first few days is your ability to um uh, hold a skill or a, or a technique. We have one guy like that too. Um, the one that we spoke about last uh, study as well. They had the end up working out. He had the sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the issues we had within programming. Was his replies? Now it all adds up and makes sense. But one of his replies was is it was actually hard for him to hold his brace. It was hard for him to en- engage his midline and hold his position. His technique. Yeah. while moving purely and simply just because of yeah fatigue from from sleep apnea yeah and that's the first thing to go so this reminded me of actually of a workshop i just gave a few days ago um on fatigue let's see if we can find it so here so the first thing when you start getting fatigued now there's many things that can contribute for fatigue but sleep is a big one here so uh, new technique acquisition uh, on the first three days you would lose new technique acquisition and speed in your lifting so you'll kind of get people seeing that they'll start to move quite start to move quite slow um i see you'll see all the time or things will just start to feel heavy do a do a session where it shouldn't feel heavy and it feels heavy um, um after about seven days known technique refinement or known technique expression so the ability to express uh technique or that you've developed or learnt, um, and trying to refine that or express express your um, skill becomes um, significantly impaired, and also peak power. So after seven days of of a build up of fatigue, which again sleep is a big contribution, but a lot of other symptoms may a lot of other things that may build up fatigue. Um, yes, to be able to hit maximal maximal numbers. I mean, that's where you had your problem with one of your ones where it was very submaximal all the time, couldn't hit anything heavy, which yeah. we know that he should be. Um, yep. Then after 14 days, strength starts to dissipate. And after about 21 days, um, negative body composition changes. That's when someone may start to put on some fat, etc. And this is probably a whole other whole topic we'll talk about later. Fatigue, I guess it'll be an extension from the sleep one. Okay, um, so some of the, fir- the first approach we would take with everyone is looking at their sleep hygiene. Now, sleep hygiene is is a bit like that. Yeah, since since uh, since the um, since the invention of electricity, uh, we have been polluting uh, ourselves with light. Um, in times where our body should be in the dark and this has massively affected the way we see not just light but then now see um, entertainment electronics and now we have uh, a society that constantly goes uh, the other, day one, the other one would be that would be the work demands too the hours of work mm. that people work I find a lot of my clients it's it's waking up at night and their, their brains on work, yeah. yeah their brains on work and they're already switching on at two o'clock in the morning thinking there's so much more I've got to do and it's not like it's not like this everywhere around the world, but the Western culture definitely is all about go 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 more. go and the the hustle of constantly working throughout the day throughout the night. But that's the demands of li- living in this type of society, and it, it is a cho- it is a choice. But um, um, what gets neglected, or the easiest thing that people neglect uh, or sacrifice, is sleep. And they'll do that over, and they'll, they'll sacrifice sleep so they can work more, so they can 
payment or whatever it is any um, that people people design this is one thing that maybe the one thing that will help them live be, longer better and happier I think lives be aware of the impact of that too I think people just let go of sleep because they're unaware of actually how important it actually is and, mm. and how much it complicates things after so sleep hygiene um, so I've listed a couple of things that basically most people should be taking account so these are kind of I guess things you should 100% do um, um, and I've broken up into some other things that you could do to increase performance if you're able to um, but sleep hygiene, some of the things you should do is you should go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every single morning, including the weekends and including the holidays. Now that's hard um, sometimes for people who do work a lot during a weekday, but that's also a sign that you're probably not getting enough sleep in the first place if you feel the need that you need to have longer sleep on a weekend. So again, one of the things you should be having a look at your sleep, and if you're getting enough sleep, most times when my sleep is really good, I'm still waking up at the same time on the weekend. Um, even if I even if I go to bed, even if I end up going to bed later, which I'll usually do on the weekend, my body generally wakes back up at that time. But then, obviously, on the weekend, I have the luxury to have a nap. Um, so, best way to work out, and this is just simple. You know, when you wake when you wake up, um, count back about eight to eight and a half hours. You give yourself about half an hour sleep time, and that's when you should, or uh, to fall asleep, and that's when you should probably go to bed. So if you're going to bed at about, if you're waking up, if you have to wake up about six, you should go to bed about um, nine thirty. Um, if you are, if you are getting enough sleep, you should find that you don't need to sleep in. If you have the need to sleep in, you're probably sleep deprived. If you want extra sleep, go to um, um, go to go to bed and start your routine earlier. I was having this conversation um, yesterday with someone, um, with a client, saying like, "Oh, I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to go to bed too uh, too early because they were going to interrupt. Um, didn't want to in because they were going to start work later, so they wanted to sleep sleep later and try and keep the same sleep time to go to bed at one. But you're better off if you want extra sleep to go to bed a lot earlier and still wake up at the same time." Because the need to go to sleep will still occur around the same time um, when you want to, when you need to go to sleep. That's a hard one for people. I have lots of clients are saying, if you want to sleep in, to go to bed at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm. Obviously, it's not very ideal unless you wake up feeling tired. It's like, yeah, you go to bed at one, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you've got to go also to bed tired. earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not sleeping, it's wake up earlier. I'll go to bed earlier. They'll get this podcast. <laughs> um, never use your room to watch watch TV, be on the phone, do your work, study, must do all stimulating things in other rooms. And I've always made this, even not even just for sleep hygiene, but also um, kind of the psychology behind um, creating study environments and work environments that isn't uh, your place of sleep. Um, you know, if I work, if you start to work in bed, because I used to work from home, um, I would try. I'll actively never work in my room because then you'll be constantly, you'll associate going to bed with wanting to, wanting to or needing to work. So the worries come with you to bed. Um, so I've always made a practice to sleep or to do my study or study or or work um, outside of my room, and it works really well. So you need to treat your room as a kind of a. And I always have. Uh, treat your room as a as a sacred place where it's just for sleep, and you're fine after a while. Because I had the problem a long time ago. I used to do a lot of study in bed. Um, that you fall asleep a lot quicker, a lot quicker. Um, it's good practice to um, to not go to bed until you're sleepy. But as soon as you're sleepy, you should go to bed. Not be waiting until your normal time if you are sleepy earlier go to bed generally a good sign that you generally you do need sleep um and he goes but what if i'm still awake well, most of the time if you are still awake you probably don't have good sleep hygiene you're probably still looking at tv you probably still have um have all your lights on so in preparation for bedtime these are some of the, some of the other things you need to do which we'll go over which we'll go over now i think a little bit on that one too is just a case of um 
knowing a little bit about your personality type and, and how you and work stress and not just work stresses how mm-hmm. if they're high in your life because I think some people adapt to thinking it's normal to be going mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and then I find those types of personalities all those types of people end up having a lot of these issues with sleep mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the a lot of things they say oh I fall asleep easily mm-hmm. but then they can't stay asleep they wake up two or three hours later and then they're just on again mm-hmm. and they're like trying to go again at three o'clock in the morning and I try to tell those people it's actually a case of being aware that they might need to have an hour or two actually as a wind down period before going to bed and, and actually having to be a lot more stricter with these sleep hygiene things so that they can actually be ready to go to sleep when it is time to go to sleep so their minds slow down their bodies relaxed and they can actually you know they can actually be more in tune with their body and know that they are tired and it, I'm ready to sleep so um, it is important to have some relaxation time so I found the best amount of time and this is anecdotal is about the three to four hours of downtime um, I find a lot of worries following you to bed. Actually, another thing I was thinking of before as well, um, and again, not all of this is achievable for everyone, but I think one thing I've learned definitely about the whole you know, go, go, go mentality is, um, and I've heard Kerwin talk about this as well, and it makes a lot more sense to me now, um, but I'm more about uh, energy management over time management where I'd have, I'd be here until um, 10, 11, uh, midnight. And I had a lot of those, there was a lot of me in the first and first and second year of opening this place up. And it just, it becomes more unproductive. So more of the work you are doing is really less efficient. It's really annoying, picking pimples. It's great. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> it. <laughs> um, Oh, what's my train of thought? You were just talking about being about energy, being more worried about how you yeah the energy, energy balance management. rather than time yeah yeah so you know I, I, and I would dig in I would dig into my sleep and try and get up earlier, just like how a lot of the um, you know big time CEOs and business managers talk about, but I found that in the long run is that you're unable to get as much quality work out. I find I get a lot of my quality work out in the morning, um, which is where I dedicate most of my time. I then work on low-key stuff after I train. Um, and I try to wrap up by five or six, because working after I'm five or six, I have, I am just mentally screwing with yeah. my head. I'm saying I found, for me, like yesterday was an example, I think by the time I left here and went home, it was about that three, four o'clock mark. Mm-hmm. And then that just gave, a plus I, I'd have used it the few days prior in terms of sleep. I, I was sleep deprived the last few days. But then, yeah, going home earlier yesterday and then just being out home, doing the mum chores, cooking dinner, just being at home, relaxing, letting my mind come back down. I, I was able to, I actually felt tired last night and actually had a really good sleep. And this morning, it's just like a whole blanket's being lifted off my mind, my body, my everything, digestive system, mm. everything. I don't feel bloated, none of those sort of things. You had been the last couple of days. Yeah, but that's just essentially like a lot what you say about there. Jamming too much sometimes into a day Mm. can be worse for you than actually strategically planning your week and and keeping that energy um, management in 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 mind. I think people don't also get a feeling of how good it is to feel to sleep properly. Yeah, that's what I said. I think they get used to thinking go go and going at 100 miles per hour is actually normal. Well, they say, look, I feel fine, but it's like, well, your fine is very ineffective. It's very yeah. inefficient. Yeah. It's like, yeah. your fine is, is down here, yeah. where you could be up here, and that yeah. happens a lot. Even, yeah. for example, when we get people finally, like, eating and training properly, how better they feel. It's like, fuck, I didn't realise how crappy I was feeling, mm. yeah. and that was their norm. That's a huge one. Lots of people, like, new people who, like, think they feel fine. It's like, when they suck, when you sleep, like, um, one of the novice guys we have implanted everything at once, mm. just push it. And like he's like holy shit! Like he's a whole new person. He's I never felt like this before. Mm. Like euphoric is a world. Because you can think you're not reactive. Yeah, you can, the blackout your, your blinds, body, your pillow, re- everything. Re- di- yeah, digestion, bloating, all those things. And gr- best check-in ever. Performance. A real check-in yeah. that fortnight as well. Yeah. Um, okay, if you are not sleepy at bedtime, you should do something else like read a book, listen to soft music, or do something relaxing, not 
stimulate you. And I do this every time. If I'm not asleep within 20 minutes, I find I'll just stay awake all, all night. And I've learned, it's taken me a long time to even figure this out for myself, is that after 20 minutes of not being able to go to sleep, I... Uh, he plays with himself, you're saying. It's not relaxing, it's stimulating. <laughs> <laughs> you super. <laughs> People sleep. <laughs> no, I normally go. I normally just go. I normally just go sit in the lounge or something. And even I, I find even me just changing locations for you know for a few minutes and coming back to bed, I fall asleep straight away. Um, and that makes a huge significant. It's a, it's a big significant difference for me. Um, so yeah, usually after about not sleeping for about twenty minutes, you should find another uh, uh, something else, something else to do. Get out of bed. Get out of bed and come back in. Um, um, and during that time, keep your light, keep the light down, and don't do anything stimulating. Um, uh, one good habit is to there was actually some research done on this too. So, um, the having a warm bath or shower about an hour or two before bed, um, not only does it re- help reduce your core body temperature, which is needed to help produce melatonin, um, but uh, even in some of the muscles, in some of the research that the ability to fall asleep was significantly quicker. I can't remember the stats, but I remember seeing, I remember looking around, I remember reading it. Um, and then also the amount of time a person could sleep increased as well. I reckon maybe like an Epsom, like a warm Epsom salt bath just to help the muscles relax too. Mm. Um, and I was always skeptical about the, about the salt baths, but they actually are a way to, very, like, effective way to absorb. Yeah, the skin. Um, huge um, don't get a bed worried or anxious. So, um, you might have. What are your what are, what are methods you? Um, so number one, like one we just mentioned, then that not jamming so much into my day, so that my mind is going at a thousand miles per hour. Actually, strategically planning my day so that I have time in there where it is three to four hours of, of wind down time. So that actually allows me just to be in my own space and thoughts without having to, yeah, keep it going and thinking about what's happening tomorrow. Um, when I plan, so being organized and planning actually helps my mind mm-hmm. slow down because and I know- would you, would you plan before, would you do that if you're feeling like that before bed? No, no, I wouldn't do would anything you, like that before bed. This is That'd preparation be, throughout the day. Yes, so this would be something like I would do um, in the morning, that's I'm a little bit like yourself. I'm definitely more productive in the morning, um, so that's where a lot of my planning occurs. So then the rest of the day follows. Um, I see a counselor, so I find uh, psychology sessions or a counselor or someone along those lines, especially depending on what what it is that is creating the angst and worry. Um, what would you do before bed if someone is still stressed out of their mind? That's a hard one. Um, so it always it comes again. It's, it's it all depends. But it depends on what it is that is creating the angst and worry. Um, I, I think I gave someone a suggestion the other day about doing some journaling. So worst case scenario, if you've got you don't have access to someone you can talk to, or you you are stressed about a, a relationship or family issue or something along those lines, you can like doing some journaling. I find can be uh, what they call it. Um, like not medication but it can be soothing it can help it can help just put some things at, at, at bay um, I find things that just not, not distract me but you know I think a lot of worries I might get throughout the day that you know if I haven't had a good day and I haven't done what I'm supposed to do that sits with me at night um, things yeah like music and stuff that you know I think I just need, my mind needs to be off it long enough so if I'm doing that or talking to people or hanging out and hanging in a positive positive environment that's completely got my mind off got yeah. my mind off that and eventually I calmed down yeah but generally depending on like the severity it can take yeah again it depends on what it is exactly that's creating the problem but yeah it can go from a simple thing as planning better writing lists being organized ticking things off so you feel like you're being productive it all depends what it is to the emotional side of things where yeah it might be support hanging out with people you know that are loved ones that gives you that can be a calming effect you can share your anxiety with these people and sometimes just that venting or that sharing can help you settle down enough to be able to let it go see a psychologist 
do some journaling. It all depends on the person as to what therapeutic was the way I was looking for. That can be the most therapeutic for that person at the time. If you nap, keep it short. Uh, never more than 20 minutes to an hour before, and generally should be before 3 p.m. If you go to bed too late, if you nap too late, you will affect your ability to be able to sleep, or if you sleep too long, you will affect your ability to be able to fall asleep. But there is a lot of benefits to having a nap. Um, avoid caffeine um, after 12. If you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine, um, fast metabolizers can get away with you know around 2 or 3 p.m. Now, some people say they can, and I'm, I you know I say it as well, you know that I can get away with having stimulants pretty close to close to bed, but it will still affect your sleep at, on some uh, on some level. Um, so I still try to practice not having any stimulants before two or three p.m. Michael um, Berry had four coffees during his uh, session last night at about seven till nine p.m. So I'm going to ask him today how he how he slept last night. <laughs> Got some PBs, but <laughs> let's see if he slept. <laughs> Um, avoid nicotine or alcohol before bed. Um, cover all lights in your room, including standby lights. Um, recommended you use blackout curtains in any populated areas. Um, there's so much light pollution in the cities that yeah, you definitely need to do everything you can to try and block every bit of light you can because it will affect your ability to, go to, to be able to sleep properly. And it makes a huge difference when you go, live, when you go out and stay up in rural areas. Every time I go back out into the go back out into the country, I am tired by eight o'clock. I'm out of it, and we don't have to have we don't have any. There's no curtains whatsoever, and but it's darker. It's darker than it is here. So when you're camping and stuff, you're always knackered by like mm. eight or nine. Like I'm ready for bed. Mm. Whereas like here, you're like oh, it's also early. I found a difference from moving from suburbs to city. I've now the places where I'm here, they've all got Very the blackout dark. curtains, and they've yeah. even got double screened glasses just to block out noise purely mm. simply because yeah you're in a more uh, densely populated area that never really shuts down um the room should be cooled if you're if you're worried about uh, you know excessive electricity bill then you know you can generally pick a you can try and cool the room first and then pick a um then change to a fan or just use um, a warmer temperature like 25 to 27 degrees which is a bit on, which is a bit better on the electricity bill. I just flip the bill because I rather have it. I get I get too hot anyway. Um, It'll wake you up every time. Yeah, so I, I have my I have my room freezing, and Ruby has two blankets. <laughs> um, I've even found just with my son now, he's getting a little bit older, going into puberty. I think he gets he's starting to sweat a lot more, and the effects in temperature affect him enough that waking him up. So mm. I find I've had to put the aircon on for him just so when he goes to sleep at night. He's not waking up in a pool of sweat and then not being able to get back to sleep. Can heavily vouch that. I told yeah. you my aircon broke the other week. And what it does, it'll start at like 26 and drop down to about 16. Then randomly that twice night spikes back up to like that 26. And both times I wake up like, holy fuck, what's yeah. going on? Why does this spike up? It's just broken, man. <laughs> it just randomly goes to like a heater for like maybe 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden I'm wide awake like, oh man. I've been a few of my clients too, more so the male than female that now that we're coming into summer mm. are having a lot more disturbed sleep purely and simply they wake up and they're sweating. Yeah. I think there's no other answer than aircon for those people. It was really hot. Yeah, it was. It was so hard to get the room cool. Last two nights have been quite warm. But the, if, I like, if, I like, if I like for at least an hour, like an hour, hour and a half, that room was just not getting cold. Um, and Brayden, don't sleep with your pets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bash that one too. Go rid of my Jack Russell for the last fortnight. It's been amazing. Sleeping so much better. <laughs> cool. So that's some of the basic tips that we would give people for uh, sleep hygiene. Um, and those are some of the first things we would try and treat first to help manage fatigue and improving someone's sleep. But sleep can still be difficult for some people if you have what's called sleep apnea. So an obstruction in your sleep. So no matter how much sleep hygiene you do, you can sleep, and I've had this in the past, and I've got a few, Lucas and Sarah, it's like this too, she said she could, and say me could sleep nine, 10 hours, still wake up, still wake up fatigued, still wake up tired, just cannot, no matter what you do, just feel tired. And I was like that for the last three years, especially since I've put on quite a bit of weight. I got a question. Mm. I know it's more, like as you put weight on, it can be a cause of some of these sleep apneas, but it's not always necessarily the case. It's not overweight people that always have sleep apnea. It can be, can essentially be anyone. No, it's, can, you can, well, anyone can have sleep apnea. 
like it, yeah, it's de- it definitely there are some things that will cause a lot of other things that will cause uh, sleep apnea, but weight you know, weight gain will always cause that will always eventually yeah. cause apnea. At but some if point. you have sleep apnea, it doesn't necessarily mean that's just you're overweight. That's the problem. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So um, the first thing doctors tell you to do though is lose weight normally. Like I've um, been a doctor before for that. They said you have to lose weight. <laughs> I wasn't even fat. I was just heavy at that time. So. Um, so it can come to, so you, um, some common workouts, so, um, if you have sleep apnea, it says that you are 23 times more likely to get a heart attack. <laughs> now, um, which is one of the first things I went through, because I realized after I got, I had a heart, con- I worked out, we had a, I had a heart condition, um, a few, about six months ago, and... Doctor wanted me on beta blockers, but um, I said no to start off with. I said let's try and treat my sleep. He didn't like it. He rather give me medication. medication. It's like I'll try treating my sleep first and and see how we go after that. Um, still, yeah, still waiting for the results. And I've been probably doing treatment for CPAP for about two months now. Massive improvement in cognition and, and recovery and and mood. Um, uh, you're also three times more likely to develop uh, type 2 diabetes. Some physical symptoms, so the classic one is being overweight. So, um, and that's just, just overweight, you know, being fat, but that's also being mm. jacked. Yeah. You know, nice. more muscular you get. The I find I find the muscularity has a um, almost like faster effect on it because it comes down to also your neck size. So there's a strong correlation with anyone that has a neck greater than 17 inches and neck is a very very strong indicator of muscle mass so neck grows consistently with with total muscle mass that your body has because um, you can have a, someone that's 180 kilos with less than 17 inch neck but then you get you know, someone like me like I have like a 20 something inch um, neck and so um, but I'm only 100, I'm 130 kilos so significant um, significant difference. Then there's some physiological um, structures where people have a receding chin. Apparently, you have um, more likely to cause or a smaller lower jaw um, to have more likely to have sleep apnea, uh, enlarged tonsils, uh, nasal congestion, or certain nasal growths. And I know I have one. I think I always have one of my nostrils have been blocked. So again something I've only discovered over the last uh, couple of months. A um, couple of signs and symptoms of, common signs and symptoms of sleep apnea, snoring is the biggest, is the biggest one. Um, stop breathing at night, so if you're like even waking up gasping for air, uh, so you know generally your partner might be able to pick that up and I've woken up gasping for air a lot of times and when I listen to other people actually, when we went to pro roll listening to Kit sleep. You know, the first thing when we wake up the next one's like, dude, you need to treat your sleep apnea. You got sleep, severe sleep apnea. <laughs> you, you stop breathing like 20 times in an hour. Um, uh, excessive daytime sleepiness, same thing that happened with uh, Kit falling asleep on the couch. Um, but he's getting to treat it now and he said he feels amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, uh, morning headaches, nighttime gasping, restless sleep, and um, that was a big one for me. I found that I can sleep throughout the entire night now, and I find it's probably a lot to do with the you know, constant, you know, breathing stopping throughout the night, which made me completely restless all night. You can't get into deep sleep. Uh, in insomnia, uh, nightmares, apparently irritability, memory loss, uh, decreased attention and concentration. Performance deficits, depression, uh, shortness of breath. Um, this is anyway. So I think one thing to say on that: not all those symptoms have to be present no. to say you have sleep apnea. No. Some um, of those sleep apneas don't actually. If you don't, if you snore or not a, snore, there are different sleep apneas yeah. as there's well. A, there's a good test. It's called the Epworth Sleepiness Scale. Um, so. How it works is that you rank yourself zero to three, zero being you would never doze, one slight chance of dozing, 
three, uh, two moderate, three high charts. Um, and for me, a lot of these things were quite high. Um, one was like, so what is your, so what's your, what's your chances if you're uh, sitting, sitting and reading? Chances of falling asleep. Where you guys? Don't um, fall asleep. Yeah. Sitting or eating. Yeah, they used to probably they'll probably give me a used to be. Think now it'll be fine, but I'd have a slight chance of falling asleep. Um, watching TV. I only fall asleep through the bed. It's the only time. At night time, I have. I used to, so maybe a one for you. I used to be about a one. If it's a boring show too. Shit <laughs> <laughs> movies. Um, sitting inactive in public spaces. Never. I'd be a one. I I I I fall asleep in all these. Such an antisocial person. This <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is boring. <laughs> um, as a passenger in a car for an hour without a break. No, I definitely can't do it in a car. It's all life. Can't in sleep. Mm, not in a car. I'm like a two. I'm probably got a really high chance yeah. of falling asleep. Um, I used to be really bad behind. I used to be really bad behind behind the wheel. I had to I had to always make sure I had to take some sort of stimulants if I was doing any long trips. <laughs> That I had to get good enough sleep. I always, um, it was bad. It was really bad. If it's late, I remember when I used to travel here late at night. I would keep the window open or have the the radio up just to keep me make sure I'm, I stay oh, awake. Even, but even that now. was only in those rare. I'd have aircon. I'd have music blasting. Yeah. I'm caffeinated. What's it called? Toothpicks. Toothpicks on his eyes. Yeah, it gets bad. Like when you're sleep deprived. But again, it doesn't happen for me anymore. Um, now I'm probably, you know, I don't think, I, I, you know, I got a little bit sleepy in my last trip, but that was like a uh, eight hour, eight hour drive. That is different. That's, that's quite a long drive. Um, sitting and talking to someone. Don't it depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, that was a kid. You'd be sitting there talking to me and then all of a sudden you start snoring. <laughs> so we got the video. Um, <laughs> sitting quietly after lunch without alcohol. Yeah, I got about a one or a two. I'm still about a one or a two. You so guys? Alcohol, you see no? You no, no, no. In a car uh, while stopping for a few minutes in traffic. No, this pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. I'm more awake than ever. <laughs> no, I, I got about a one or a two. I got about a one. I used to be about a, probably about a two, three. I would be high chance for me falling asleep during the lights. Cheers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had sleep up, you know. Yeah, this shows clearly, I guess, that I probably don't. Because <laughs> mm. mine's all like a zero or whatever. Mm. None of these are all right. So zero to, zero to five, you know, is lower, um, is, is the low range of normal. Six to 10, high range of normal. 11 to 12, excess, mild excessive daytime sleepiness. 13 to 15, moderate. And 16 to 24, severe. I find some of those are just symptoms to show me when I'm sleep deprived. That And, I, and mm. mine comes down to that. What you were saying before, more about that energy management and if that's the case then it's just getting energy management yeah. but if someone's like this all the time yeah then that's a, yeah and that was me and that would be something to do now treatment best best senior sleep doctor to go and get a sleep study there are a lot of take-home studies now that you can do to try and measure your performance now a lot of doctors will say that um you may come back as mild sleep apnea and they'll say it's fine but it's not um they said mine's fine and probably don't need to treat it, but you can treat it if I like. And I stop breathing 95 times. <laughs> it just means I'm probably not going to um, you know, die from a heart attack anytime soon. Mm. But it's still not good for your health. Especially again, for athletes, I guess, even more important again. You also remember medicine's about sick, ma- sick management. It's not about, it's not health. It's not so much as healthcare. Not, not, I'm, not saying I'm not saying they're all like that. I'm just saying that a lot of them is like, cool, you're not going to die. So. You're um, fine. You're fine. Well, here's some medication so you don't have that heart attack. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but always, always take your doctor's advice. Yeah. Uh, um, um, now, if you if it's recommended at all to use a CPAP or you have mild CPAP now, I 100% recommend using a CPAP machine. Now, there are other treatments where they could use, there are things that, like, when it, as, when, like a pillow that kind of inflates to move your neck, to move your head position. So when, it, when you snore, it moves your head position so that it stops you from snoring. Um, and some people say that that's helped heaps. There's a thing called a mandible split, which is what I have. And I will use if I'm not using my seatbelt, but I always use my seatbelt. But um, 
um, if I have to travel um, um, or something like that, I'll use my my splint. It does make a big difference. It does make a difference in terms. Like I still stop breathing, but it, I don't gasp for air and I don't snore as much. But I still snore with my mandible splint. So for me, it wasn't good enough. So I also have a CPAP machine. Um, I recommend people using ResMed. Oh, I'll, I'll put it in the notes. Shall create notes after after this. I have a question about up. the sleep study. Yeah. Is it sort of the thing that you know? Do you have much to lose by going to do one? If you're really, if you if you're on that line of unsure or Just sleep disrupted, there's no, no downside it's, it's, to getting one done. In Australia, it's bulk it's bulk build. Yeah. So you just you just go there and say you know you, think you have CPAP now, and um, if the doctor refers you, um, yeah, it's normally a two hundred dollar two hundred dollar test, but it's bulk build. Because worst case scenario, it comes back and they're like, you're, yeah. It's all, yeah, yeah, that's good. Then you know how or bad you get it information. is. Like you yeah. can, like you may have some level of episodes. So if you have like you stop breathing one or two times per hour, you'll probably be pretty fine, and you'll do fine with um, any of these other treatments. If you're snoring, and you only have one or two episodes an hour, then you should be alright with these treatments. Apparently, you can get up to about five. In, they say up to about five episodes an hour is is like non-significant. It barely is. So that's like the, the average or normal range. Yeah. Um, um, I was I was about 15 per hour. Um, I think I had one guy, I think he, that one I was talking about before, I think he messaged me the other day, I think he was like 44 or something like that, if I've got the correct. Yeah, mine was just mild, but you can get, you can get, you can get pretty high, 25, 30 yeah. plus. Yeah, see if I can find his message. But that's like come down to four or five or six or something now, mm. and he's got the seat machine that's in the last couple of weeks. I'm down to point, point, zero point one. So, AHI, what is that? That's us, oh, apnea, apnea hyponea index, so vents per hour. That is that? Yeah. Yeah. So he was 44.9 in his sleep study that he did. Mm -hmm. And then last night he said it was um, 0.9. This was going back a week or two now. So 44.9. Yeah. Would be. Vents an hour. On an average night of eight hours, that's 352 times at a severe. Mm. Yeah. So that was yeah. No wonder he was fatigued. <laughs> oh, he had. There was lots of. There's a. Yeah, lots of um, downsides happening. How was he now? Uh, that that was the last time. But um, I spoke to him that the episodes then. Um, but he in the the last message I received against this is the so since having the CPAP machine, we've gone. We're going. We've gone through about eight weeks of programming. Um, the first four week block. Uh, what I mean, he got through it and he felt better. And in terms of psychology, he just didn't feel as demoralized in the gym as mm -hmm. what he had prior. Um, but this next four week block, it was almost like a compounded effect in terms. It just it, it, it expanded. It just mm -hmm. grew. Like he was everything was heavier and he did more of it. But he said it just felt light and easy, and he had reps and reserves and all these things. So mm. it was very, very positive. It takes a while to kick in properly, I guess. Then it takes about three weeks. Yeah, so well, he, 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 he has only had sense. it like yeah, he's only had this probably maybe and I could be wrong still, for about six weeks. We're still working on it because he says yeah. he's only starting getting six hours sleep too, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the quality, the uh, sorry, the quantity of hours is still what he's used to getting. Yeah. His body's used to getting, but the quality, quality of those hours has improved. Definitely after, yeah, after so we still got to work, 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 work yeah. on that too. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a different man. Um, I know he's messaged me on a couple of occasions now and like yeah. just thanked me. Yeah. Um, so I recommend, yeah, getting a CPAP. You can get them, you can get them online a lot cheaper than I got them. I ended up getting it through the um, sleep clinic I got through and not being very expensive. It's probably about two and a half thousand dollars. Um, but I heard, I found some other people were just getting off the same machine off eBay uh, for about a thousand bucks, near to new, and some other other clinics that do everything online quite cheaply, which is probably about fifteen hundred. So you can find some cheaper, cheaper. They're not they're not cheap, but you can find cheaper options, and it is mm, worth investing into this, not just for training but for your health, and it shouldn't be negotiable. It's such a sleep is such an important thing for health and longevity and li and living a better, higher, living a better quality life. And also, you know, not putting anyone else at risk in terms of, or or annoying other people with your sleeping, snoring, and um, or the your um, yeah.
Um, some things I do here, so now we'll go into sleep performance. So in the sleep performance, yes, I have the, um, I have the Rank Your Sleep, which is the uh, Epworth, um, Epwork Sleepiness Scale. Um, I suggest talking about uh, having a sleep study. Uh, number two, tracking your sleep. So I get people to, most, most, um, most people have smartphones these days and every, uh, there are a few apps out there that are pretty good at kind of measuring your sleep. They're not, I wouldn't say, they're, they're nowhere near sleep study quality, but um, uh, it's a form of measurement that you can compare against. And I find when you do make some changes that those comparisons do change. When you make some sleep, and not known as measure sleep quantity, but sleep, manage sleep quality by using the sensors in your phone, by record, by listening to sound and movement, um, and also the gyroscope, and so if it's on your bed, the gyroscope in the uh, phone will sense movement as well, um, and be able to track the quality of your sleep. Um, and there was a significant difference in mine, I'd average about 50, 60 to 70% um, sleep quality and with the same amount of sleep, the sleep machines in most of the nights are 100%. What you watching there? Larry Wheels deadlifting, my max for 18 reps. <laughs> But this, yes, tracking your sleep isn't to replace a sleep study. Sleep study will measure you know, all four stages plus rapid, um, plus REM sleep. All right, so tips to in, improve your performance, um, your training performance. We call these kind of almost sleep hacks, if you like, to improve your performance in, um, in training. So first one, first you should improve your sleep hygiene. That's the number one thing you need to focus on first. Treat any apnea. CPAP is your best option. Number three, track your sleep. There are a lot of, um, there are a lot of apps that you can use to measure your sleep. Um, from this, you can develop a kind of a sleep ritual or a program. Uh, exercise daily. You know, I'm not saying train daily, but you should, if you're not training, you should have uh, an act, something that keeps you active daily and that will help improve, improve your sleep. Is that even... Along yeah. the lines of getting some natural sunlight, like yeah, in the so morning. Go, going, going for a walk, you know. If you are a sedentary person, if you are sedentary, um, you should at least be doing some walking because you do need to look after your cardiovascular health. Um, if you're an active person anyway, like it depend on your job, then you walk around a lot, then yeah, you're, yeah. you're probably getting enough. So you better way, another way is call that incidental <clears throat> exercise. Yeah. If you don't get any, it might be worthwhile putting some in. Um, and so which also would be the relaxation, getting some relaxation time in mm -hmm. as well, which means you're doing activities out like you are out in the sun throughout the day. Um, <clears throat> uh, studies show that athletes require nine to 10 hours of sleep and maybe, maybe nap to maximize recovery and performance. Um, you can tell how much sleep you need depending on if you wake up naturally before your alarm clock and you can adjust it from there. Um, <clears throat> Be in bed before before 11 p.m. Uh, work with a 10 to 11 bedtime to a 6 to 7 a.m. Wake up if you need more time. Go to sleep. Go to sleep earlier. We have most of our physical recovery time between 11 and about 11 o'clock and one at night, and that works with our circadian rhythm. Don't train three to four hours before bed. Ideally, don't train six hours before bed. Uh, eat an hour or two before bed. Don't go to bed hungry. Ensure you have protein and carbohydrates as it helps with melatonin and serotonin production and prevents the brain um, brain from signaling hunger and stress. Nothing would generally would um, reduce reduce sleep need. Nothing reduces sleep need uh, more than uh, hunger. It's the it's a mass it, hunger. Um, uh, the need for food surpasses the need for, for sleep. Mm -hmm. um, uh, have a cool room, less than 21 degrees. Um, obsessively block all light, including standby lights, use blackout curtains everywhere in your room. Complete light discipline. Um, <clears throat> no work, study, TV, uh, reading or anything in bed. Treat your room as a sacred place of sleep. Uh, sleep in a separate room 
if you need to be. Um, um, I had a couple of lifters do that because they could not get enough sleep with the children or pets um, or even their partner. Um, so where they had different wake up times, they would sleep in a different room. Um, <clears throat> if you have exposure to high exposure to blue light or electronics close to bed, you should use blue light blockers. There are glasses that you can wear that will prevent um, blue light from coming in and blue light prevents the production of melatonin and delays the delays sleep need. Stop using electronics 30 to 60 minutes before, th at least 30 to 60 minutes before bed. Um, make sure, actually make sure your teeth are brushed 60 plus minutes before bedtime. You don't want to be brushing your teeth in front of a mirror with lights, lights blaring. Um, reduce the light in your house once the sun is down by at least 50% and take it down, uh, take it down to uh, a dim warm light or candle light. Um, um, as need uh, <coughs> as the um, as the need for light reduces, uh, have a hot bath or a shower one or two hours before bed. Uh, Study shows that it uh, it reduces the time it takes to sleep and increases how long someone can sleep. Um, it decreases the core body temperature and helps signal the release of melatonin. Um, take a twenty minute nap before training if you train if you train late or two hours after training. Um, is ideal. Uh, use earplugs if you wake up with noise. Don't use stimulants like caffeine, nicotine, or drink too many fluids too close to bedtime. Um, yeah. So the third thing is, yes, there are some other points I may miss there. I think that's kind of some of the things that can massively or dramatically improve <coughs> improve your sleep. Do you um the blue light in your phone or whatever? You can turn it off. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it's still light. Actually, one thing on there, it's just only came to mind, a client um, recommended it, or she did it on. So her phone, she put it on the do not disturb at a certain mm -hmm. time, and then that's been helpful for her too, because she hasn't yeah, been getting I the have, dings I and the messages, and, and then they get gets her mind going again. Yeah, I have it from 9 to 7. Yeah, yeah um, just little things like that. Also, you also have the blue light blocking yeah. on the phone. Yeah, as well. both, but yeah. I always need to turn it off to not disturb. Yeah. It's me down, why do I have like five missed calls? <laughs> Yeah. You can set the time. Oh really? I saw it every night. Like, you know, I've ordered my. You can set the automatic. Time. On these two, they've got like a an alarm for mm. getting ready. So it's in the, the same client. She yeah. also has a, a alarm that goes off to let her know it's time to start mm -hmm. winding up what she's doing and mm -hmm. preparing herself for her wind down, go to sleep, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So you can set reminders on your phone apparently as well for sleep and that as well. Yeah, one of those automatically is like ding. Yeah. You should be asleep in half an hour. Yeah. Go wind down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I started. I started doing. I started doing that for a bit. I stopped doing it, um, but I did that for a while. Yeah. Um, it's actually this reminded me of um, when I was talking about sleep hacking. That there's uh, I think called some scientists going over uh, some things. Um, all right, we're back. Uh, one was that uh, it was called sleep engineering, where they said the stage two sleep waves reduced. It correlated with the reduction of, uh, or correlated with brain atrophy in the older pop in the older population and they found that the waves went from uh, consistent waves to zero to zero waves as the brain atrophied now they did some studies on they did studies on rats um, and they did a few trials on humans where that but on younger humans who didn't have an atrophied brain where they were able to hack the waves in the sleep when about the, when the waves about to peak they sounded a click which then increased the stage two waves so they're thinking of trying to use this to treat um, brain atrophy but more research so needs to be done so basically you'd wear a headpiece and a click would happen every time the brain oscillates upwards um, Sleep aids. Uh, so we talk about melatonin. One was like melatonin supplementation. There's not much useful melatonin supplementation, um, though, for people who have irregular bedtimes or people who travel, it's a good way to reset your circadian rhythm to have about two hours before to have about two hours before bed. Um, 
but no research shows that taking it regularly can help. If anything though, if people do feel it helps, it's mostly a placebo effect. And that if people get a placebo effect from it, then take it. It's perfectly fine. Um, is there any harm? Is there any harm no, that can a, be done? Uh, apparently, not that, not that I know of. Yeah. I mean, apparently, it's quite works quite well with our bodies because it's, it's a natural. It's what we need. Natural hormone. Yeah. Um, um, sleep, sleeping pills don't improve sleep. They sedate you. Uh, you lose a lot. You lose a lot of stage three, stage four, and REM sleep. I think that was something I wrote down that I always found was interesting. In fact, alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. sleep medication. Yeah. Just it knocks you out. Does not actually mean you are getting quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Although that was an interesting point that I learned in all this. Um, and some people do need it though. You know, I'm not saying don't use sleeping no. pills because some people do need to be treated with sleeping. I think something else on top of that too is is the effect the following day that carries mm-hmm. on with muscular um, performance and stuff like that. The ability to cognitively think it seems to carry on even when that person has woken, those effects can still carry on from drugs and the medication. Yeah, you guys are kind of like a zombie when you start mm. using it. You couldn't wake up. Mm. Yeah, you did, but it wasn't there till like midday. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, if vitamin D3 is low, uh, um, you should take a vitamin D supplement. And apparently that helps with sleep as well. Get You want to get it to about a score of 100. I think just Plus. be mindful, I think one thing to touch on that vitamin D supplement is make sure you get one that has the vitamin K in yes, it. Yes, vitamin D requires vitamin yeah. K for absorption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get 125 milligrams. And generally the dosing of vitamin D is a lot higher than what you would see. Most of it's about, uh, about you need at least about 5,000 milligrams or 5,000 IUs to have, to have an effective dose. Um, creatine monohydrate is, sh- is showing promise in helping and helping with sleep, but not conclusive at this stage. Um, improving. Maybe magne- touch on the creatine too. We just had a conversation before this started about because mm. people have used creatine before and actually had adverse effects effects with it. So what are some adverse? So like, for example, bloating, oh, digestive and bloating with me was one. With but that I think we it comes down to about the, the quality of the product. I think it might come down to the quality of the creatine. A lot of the lot of the uh, lot of the um, supplements have. Uh, that are created uh, it might have a lot of byproducts um, on how on, depending on how they uh, how the creatine is produced. The one we know for sure that works the best and the most research has done is called uh, Cre- is from Creepure. So Creepure is a company that makes the creatine and comp- supplement companies buy Creepure and put it into their onto put it with their branding. So ATP is one of them that use Creepure. Uh, Gentech use Creepure. Um, um, I don't know too much of it on sleep. Again, like I said, like it's not conclusive at the stage. It might be. I just haven't seen, haven't seen the studies myself. Yeah. Um, improving magnesium status is associated with better sleep quality. Um, apparently, it mimics the action of melatonin. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't know that until I actually we're doing does do, doing a bit of research for this podcast. Um, I think magnesium also has an effect with the muscle relaxant too. It's a mm. it's a compound along with calcium needed for the muscle to actually um, work like contract mm. essentially. So, so I, I think that's a probably a safe bet too. If it mimics the action of melatonin, it's probably a good bet to use to use our magnesium um, to help help us sleep. Um, vitamin twelve normalizes circadian rhythm. So again, if you have vitamin. Uh, vitamin B12, so not vitamin, 12, vitamin B12 normalizes the rhythm. So if you're having some fun, um, B vitamin deficiencies, you're probably best taking it. So vegans, would, the vegans would essentially have um, that would be something to be quite, quite yeah, rhythm, yeah, to be quite aware of. Fol- folate and vitamin B6 both are cofactors for several neurotransmitters in the brain, such as serotonin and dopamine, uh, many of which regulate hormones. Um, how that affects sleep but it's a note I read down for some reason um, vitamin B3 increases REM sleep improves both quali- quality and quantity of sleep by converting triphosphine to serotonin now I wouldn't if I wouldn't just use vitamin I wouldn't just use vitamin B3 to increase to increase REM sleep I would say if you have a vitamin th- vitamin B3 deficiency then, um, then treat it. Damn, it's going nuts. 
to plan the only the only turn you find off, please, again it's Carol. Um Vitamin B3 increases uh, REM sleep. Um, so yeah, again, I wouldn't do any of these things unless you have a deficiency, just don't go and start taking all these supplements. Um, again, like I was discussing. That sounds a bit, and it wouldn't be just a particular type, you'd be more advantageous if you do have a vitamin B deficiency to have a... Like, a methylated yeah. version of vitamin B. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of B vitamins aren't produced in the body. Uh, uh, folic, um, folic acid isn't produced in the body. Uh, and uh, needs to be methylated for us to digest, for us to utilize it. Um, Non-methylated B vitamins uh, can have adverse effects, as most of it won't be bioavailable. I can't remember that. I actually got a, I got a, I actually asked um, Victoria about it, so I've got it on my phone somewhere. Um, uh, any nutrient suggestions should be achieved through food first. Supplements should not be taken unless advised by your coach or doctor, ideally with a blood test. A lot of these B vitamins too come from your meat, meat yeah. sources. Eat meat. Yep. Um, do you have any points you just want to... There's one thing I did want to bring up as a topic just for discussion more so than a fact or a point. Um, and it's just a common occurrence with some of my clientele base. They all report, it's, and it's that type of one where stress or anxiety or... Um, yeah, stress and anxiety are high in their life for all sorts of reasons, mm-hmm. um, and and they're chronic, have chronic like sleep deprivation. So it's not just a day or a night or a week. This is like a habit that's been formed for years of just having a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will report they they can fall asleep easy. So it's like oh, I can fall asleep easy, mm-hmm. um, but they wake up within two or three hours and they're like on alert. Anxiety, so some of these, overthinking. Um, some of these vitamins, some of these vitamins, uh, some of the, are, are generally some of the deficiencies yep. that those people have. I mean, there can be a lot of reasons why. Well, my point on that was like, what I see though is them falling asleep easily like that is not necessarily a good indicator that there's no problem there. Because mm. to me, I'm like, you're probably falling, you're crashing because you're purely exhausted. Mm. Doesn't necessarily mean you're setting yeah. yourself up for a good sleep or to stay asleep or to it's continue not just, a it's habit. It's just quantity, it's quality. Yeah. And quality as a whole. Yeah. Mm. That was just my, I just sort of thought, before, like the, their argument was that for, that can fall asleep easy, that's not a problem, not mm. a problem at all. It's like, well, in a way it is because that's half the issue, you're just purely exhausted. Mm. That's that's how I read it. But it's just through the, through the whole night as well too. Yeah. Like you've seen them wake up two hours later, it's like, well, then there's your problem. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a problem. Like, I mean, cool, you can fall asleep well, but it's not a good effect in the context that you're not getting quality sleep throughout the night. Yeah. Yeah, that was all. It wasn't really a factor. It was just yeah. a, a, just a, a, a point that I've sort of I've come across with some of my clients. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you wish to contact me, please email me, gus, G-U-S, at musclenerd.com.au.